Good morning. My name is Cedric, and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Bath & Body Works second quarter 2021 earnings conference call. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. All parties will remain in a listen-only mode until the question and answer portion of today's conference. To ask a question from the phone, please press star then 1. I would now like to turn today's call over to Ms. Wendy Arlen, Chief Financial Officer at Bath & Body Works. Wendy, you may begin. Thank you. Good morning, and welcome to Bath & Body Works second quarter earnings conference call for the period ending July 31st, 2021. I'm excited to be with you today on my first earnings call as the Bath & Body Works CFO. As a matter of formality, I need to remind you that any forward-looking statements we may make today are subject to our safe harbor statement found in our SEC filings and in our press releases. Joining me on the call today are CEO Andrew Meslow and SVP of Investor Relations, Amy Preston. All results we discuss on the call today are adjusted results and exclude the 2020 special items described in our press release. Our second quarter results include the Victoria's Secret business. Consistent with our previously <clears throat> excuse me, disclosed intention to reduce debt by up to $500 million, this morning we announced a tender offer to purchase $500 million of our 2023, 2025, and 2027 outstanding notes, which commences today. Thank you, and now I'll turn the call over to Andrew. Thanks, Wendy, and good morning, everyone. Welcome to our first earnings call as a standalone public company. We are thrilled to have reached this milestone and to launch Bath & Body Works as a standalone company. Innovation remains at the foundation of Bath & Body Works, and with our leadership positions across key product categories, strong performance across channels, and a highly loyal and growing customer base, we are poised to continue our track record of industry-leading growth and profitability. On behalf of the management team and the board, I'd like to extend our sincere appreciation to all the associates who have worked so hard on the successful spinoff of Victoria's Secret. I am grateful to all of our associates for their contributions to the success of our business as we look forward to capturing the opportunities ahead, and we wish the Victoria's Secret business and associates well as they embark on their journey as a standalone public company. Turning to our second quarter performance, we delivered record results, and we could not have done so without the continued hard work and commitment of all of our associates and partners. We'd like to express our deep appreciation for their dedication and efforts. We reported record second quarter earnings of $1.34 per share compared to adjusted earnings of $0.25 cents per share last year. These bottom line results were driven by continued strong sales and better than expected margin rates at both Bath & Body Works and Victoria's Secret. At Bath & Body Works, we continue to deliver record results with sales growth of 54% compared to 2019. All categories achieved solid growth and strong sales demand continue to allow us to pull back on promotional activity versus 2019. The Bath & Body Works segment operating income in the second quarter was $431 million, an increase of 135% or $247 million compared to 2019, and an increase of 24% or $82 million compared to last year. Our operating income rate for the quarter of 25.3 
increased 870 basis points compared to 2019, driven by merchandise margin rate expansion and leverage in both buying and occupancy and SG&A on the high sales growth. We expect that the remainder of 2021 will not be easy as the world, the retail environment, and our business continue to evolve and as we lap extraordinary 2020 results. We are optimistic about our fall and holiday product assortment and our continued ability to execute against our plans in stores and online. Risks related to COVID do persist, and we will continue to operate both of our channels in a safe manner for our customers and our associates. With continued smart and discipline management of the business, I know we can proactively accelerate to our next phase of growth. Thank you very much, and I'll turn it over to Amy Preston. Thanks, Sandra. That concludes our prepared comments. At this time, we'd be happy to take any questions you might have. We plan to end this call shortly before 9.30 in order to allow you to join the Victoria's Secret earnings call. In the interest of time and consideration to others, please limit yourself to one question. Thanks, and I'll turn it back over to the operator. Thank you. Now, first question comes from Kimberly Greenberg with Morgan Stanley. Your line is open. Okay, great. Um, very nice quarter here, and congratulations on the separation. Um, I wanted to ask um, uh, about the um, uh, sort of um, – look forward, if we could, into Q3 and Q4, um, and how we should think about, um, if you have any way for us to think about the standalone business and the financials, um, and any comment you've got about how Q3 started, that that would be very helpful. Um, thanks, Kimberly. We'll go to Andrew. Hi, Kimberly. Thanks for the question. So, um, to the second part of your question in terms of how the quarter has gotten started and our guidance for the, for the third quarter, uh, as we said in our prepared remarks, the first couple of weeks uh, of August uh, we've been very satisfied with, um, and those results are incorporated in our forecast. Um, again, those first two weeks we've seen momentum that's quite similar to the performance we were seeing in the second quarter. Uh, so that would potentially imply upside to the up 40 to 45 percent that we've guided the quarter to. Uh, but again, those are two weeks out of 13 weeks and relatively small weeks relative to the overall quarter. So again, that guidance that we've provided of up 40 to 45 percent on a two-year basis for Q3 is a forecast that we feel very uh, good about at this point. I wasn't sure if the first part of your question you had uh, questions around the financial structure of the of the business go forward? Uh, just um, now that we're getting past the separation, any additional color you could give us on the incremental overhead or the the, um, the sort of all-in SG&E burden uh, and interest expense of the standalone, oh, sorry, of the standalone company? That would be great. Sure. So we'll go to Wendy for that, Kimberly. 
Yeah, so as we talked about in our remarks, you know, the go-forward company will, will have two pieces. It will have the, the Bath & Body Works operating segment that we've reported extensively historically. And also, we, as we've disclosed, we'll have about $25 million per quarter of corporate overhead expense. It was previously reported in the other segment. The vast majority of that $25 million is SG&A, so it will be included, included in SG&A. But the guidance we shared last night is all-inclusive of, of those two pieces, so the BBW segment and the uh, corporate overhead. Uh, the other point I would make go forward is, you know, we've also disclosed that as we look to separate the two businesses, you know, one of the key areas of focus is in the technology area. We do in anticipate over a multi-year period that we will incur, you know, 100 to $150 million of cost. That will be both capital and expense. Uh, that will be a multi-year period, and we'll be working with Victoria's to make sure that we separate the technology in a way that doesn't disrupt either business and minimizes the deleverage. Uh, but that will be incorporated into our guidance as we go forth into 2022. Great. Thanks, Thanks Thank you. Next question, please. Our next question comes from Matthew Boss with J.P. Morgan. Your line is open. Great, thanks, and congrats on a nice quarter. So, a Andrew, on the top line, and as we think about the consistency and trend that, that you continue to show, I, I guess my question is, beyond this year, is there anything preventing revenue growth that you're outlined mid to high single-digit uh, revenue growth algorithm as we think about next year and beyond? And then, Wendy, just more near-term on gross margin, what have you embedded from a promotional backdrop in the gross margin guidance for the third quarter and back half of the year? Thanks, Matt. We'll actually go to Andrew for both those questions. Thanks, Matt. So on the uh, on the top line growth aspect, again, we feel very comfortable with those three to five year uh, targets that we provided as part of the investor uh, meeting and roadshows uh, over the last month or so. Obviously. 2022, much like uh, 2021, will be uh, an interesting year as we lap extraordinary results. So it's a, it's a little hard to predict exactly what quarter to quarter might look like next year. But again, we feel very comfortable in those long-term mid to high single-digit revenue growth rate uh, targets that we provided. On the promotional side, you know, what I, what I would say there is consistent with how we plan every season. We, we go into a season with what we hope is a conservative plan, uh, intending to essentially anniversary similar promotional activity from prior year. And then we use our in-season read and react uh, capability around testing and, and uh, constant uh, analysis of our results to determine whether or not we need to increase or have the opportunity to decrease levels of promotion. As you'll remember, in the back half of last year, we were uh, in chase mode for the entire time frame and had very little uh, promotional activity, record low levels of promotional activity, and that's what we're lapping. So our forecast does assume uh, both a return to a slightly more promotional environment than what we would have experienced uh, last year, and as we delineated in our prepared remarks, we are also seeing some uh, 
inflationary pressures that will impact our margin as well. Both of those factors are embedded in our guidance. Great. Thanks, Matt. Next question, please. The next question comes from Steph Winsick with Jeffries. Your line is open. Hi. Good morning. This is Sydney on for Steph. Um, my question is regarding um, Bath and Body Works. I'm just wondering kind of how the rebalancing of spend across stores versus digital um, that we saw in the Q2 results compared to internal expectations. And then just as a follow-up, um, could you provide some color on what's assumed in the guidance in terms of sales for the core sanitization categories? Thank you. Thanks, Sydney. Uh, Andrew? Uh, yeah, so to your question on channel mix uh, within the second quarter versus our expectations, uh, again, our total sales performance for the quarter was slightly above our expectations with, I would say, direct more or less in line or digital more or less in line with our expectations and stores continuing to perform slightly uh, above our expectations. Uh, but again, strong results out of both. As a reminder, our digital business in the second quarter on a two-year basis was up 128% to 2019. That was actually slightly better than the performance it saw in Q1, and our stores were up uh, around 39% in Q2, uh, very close to what we achieved in Q1. In terms of the soap and sanitizer uh, business, as we think about that, um, as we mentioned in our prepared remarks, it did decline on a one-year basis in Q2 of this year. However, on a two-year basis, it uh, continued to be up strongly, uh, up 58% to, to two years ago, uh, which was higher than the total business at up 54% to two years ago. Again, as expected, it declined year over year, where last year it was experiencing explosive growth. Our forecast uh, go forward does assume that we'll continue to see some softening uh, in that business uh, on a year-over-year -year basis. As we talked about, at the end of last year, uh, soaps and sanitizer in total had gotten to be about 20% of the total business, up from uh, roughly 14% of the business in the prior five-year time frame, uh, we would expect that it will normalize somewhere in the mid-teens, uh, and that's consistent with what we've seen here through the first two quarters of the year. But again, what I would highlight is we were very pleased that even as that business, as expected, softened year over year, we were able to more than overcome that, offset that with strong growth out of our other categories, leading to the total growth that we articulated. Great. Thank you, Sydney. Next question, please. The next question comes from Roxanne Meyer with MKM Partners. Your line is open. Great. Good morning. And let me add my congratulations on a really strong quarter and uh, congrats on the separation. Um, my question is, is on free cash flow. I'm just wondering if you could give us a sense of what the free cash flow that just uh, Bath & Body Works alone has thrown off over the past few years you know, how much you expect it to, to generate and how you're looking to deploy excess cash going forward. You know, obviously you've got the, uh, the debt buyback um, announced today, but just generally what, what you're thinking about. Thank you. Thanks, Roxanne. Wendy? Hi, Roxanne. Yeah, here's what I'd say about cash flow. I mean, you, you know our business well. We are a seasonal business. 
And so, you know, typically as this business looks to Q3, it's a period of, of, of cash usage for us as we build our inventory going into the fourth quarter. Uh, the fourth quarter is extremely important to us in terms of cash flow generation. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure history is, <clears throat> is the best guide here, just given that the business has grown uh, so much if, as you look at it over a multi-year basis. So I'd say, you know, what we're planning to do is, you know, we'll get through the important fourth quarter period to generate cash. We, as we flip the calendar to 2020, uh, two, we will look at our cash flow and we'll think about capital allocation and, and what that means go forward. You know, in terms of our plans for the fall season, you know, we, as we announced today, we're executing a tender offer for the $500 million. In addition, we have about $770 million remaining on our $1.5 billion, billion dollar authorization that we announced in July. So our intent is to execute that 770 over, you know, the, the fall season in a balanced way. And again, as we as we get to the end of the of the holiday period, we'll work with our board of directors to determine capital allocation prospectively. Great, thanks, Brett. Sam, next question, please. Yes, our next question comes from Omar Saad, Evacor. Your line is open. Good morning. Thanks for taking my question. I um, wanted to follow up on the category discussion, uh, maybe get in a little bit more detail around home fragrance, uh, some of the consumer trends you're seeing in that business. Obviously, if, if soaps and sanitizers are down, that's doing really well. Um, you know, and especially any signs on uh, what the new customers that the franchise attracted, how they're uh, continuing to shop in the, in the home fragrance category, um, especially as back to school and return to office and the world reopens. Is that customer staying sticky? Thanks. Thanks, Omar. Uh, Andrew? Thanks, Omar. So on the category side, uh, you know, you're right to infer that, that home fragrance continues to be uh, strong. And in the second quarter where we saw the decline in soaps and sanitizers, obviously that was true. I do think it's important to point out, though, that body care, uh, our other uh, big category, actually seeing very strong year-over-year uh, -year growth as well as on a two-year uh, growth basis as well, which really – gets, I think, to, to the heart of your question around what have we seen in terms of the customers uh, that we've gained through the pandemic and how is their behavior uh, compare uh, relative to our prior to pandemic existing customer base. And I think the good news there is, is a couple of points. So one, uh, after seeing a year uh, in 2020 where we actually uh, saw fewer customers than we had in the prior year because of the 90-day closure of all of our stores in the first half of 2020, we have now uh, seen four quarters in a row of uh, customer growth. And so on a rolling 12 basis, we're now uh, up in customers uh, pretty significantly to where we had finished the year in 2019 and obviously in 2020. Uh, and in terms of the behavior and the profile of those customers, I would say the good news is that the new customers that we've gained uh, along that journey, uh, while early in their spending habits with Bath & Body Works, uh, do appear to be uh, performing very similarly to uh, historical new customers. And our existing customers, as we've talked about in, on prior calls and in, in our investor days, uh, we've continued to see improvement in their engagement uh, in terms of both their uh, willingness to shop across our two channels, digital and in-store, 
as well as to shop across all three of our major categories. So again, we continue to see higher and higher ratios of our customers uh, performing in those two ways. And when that occurs, as we've shared, uh, customer spend is significantly higher than either a single channel or a single category customer. So very pleased with uh, what we've been able to see so far in terms of uh, the customer behavior that we're experiencing here uh, as we move into through 2021. Great. Thanks, Omar. Next question, please. Yes, our next question comes from Susan Anderson with B. Rowley. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my question. Um, I was wondering if maybe you could talk about product category expansion at BBW, particularly as it relates to beauty, when you would expect to maybe start expanding more into beauty and then also any other categories. And then also, I'm not sure if you mentioned AUR versus unit sales in the quarter. Uh, thanks, Susan. Andrew? Yeah, so on the first part of your question, um, you know, as we, as we talked about pretty thoroughly in our investor day, as we laid out our multi-year path to, uh, to driving Bath & Body Works to become a $10 billion business over the next, uh, you know, three to five years, we're really not all that reliant on seeing a yet to be determined category emerge as a strong driver of growth. Uh, that said, we have lots of different ideas in the pipeline that we will be uh, looking to test over the next several years. Um, and from a testing standpoint, different than where we may have done things historically, which would have been uh, small cells of store groups, we'll also be looking to test new product categories in our online digital business as well. As we've talked about, you know, they, those ideas run the gamut from potentially getting into uh, the skincare business, getting into the hair care business, looking at further line extensions uh, within the home business, whether that's into uh, cleaning products or uh, laundry products, etc. So lots of different ideas that are, again, in the pipeline. We will be testing those, uh, as we had discussed prior, in both a uh, organic internal development way as well as partnering with uh, third-party brands uh, to sell in our stores to understand which of those categories might uh, emerge as, as something that the Bath & Body Works customer has the most interest in. So, uh, again, lots of different uh, things in the pipeline. Most of those tests that I'm describing will be ramping up a little bit more in the back half of this year, but much more in 2022 and beyond. In terms of uh, your question on AUR, so AUR on a two-year basis uh, for the business up over 20% uh, and units up a, a comparable amount on a two-year basis. On a one-year basis, uh, we did see more expansion out of units with Obviously, the stores having been closed uh, last year, AUR was still up slightly to last year, but, but more similar in line on a one-year basis. Hopefully, that helps. Thanks. Next question? Yes, our next question comes from Ike Barja, Wells Fargo. Your line is open. Excuse me. Thanks for taking the question. Um, two quick ones. The, uh, the, the cost inflation guided for um, the 40 to $60 million. I'm just curious, are, are you embedding – and are you kind of just flowing those costs into the P&L, or are you embedding any kind of offset on pricing or anything? I'm just kind of curious how you're planning uh, the business um, from a margin perspective. And then, Wendy, just the $600 million cash in escrow, can you just explain exactly what that is and, and, and what's going on there? Thank you. 
Okay, thanks. We'll go to Andrew first. Thanks, Ike. So on the inflation forecast range, um, part of the reason why it's a range is it'll, we're working hard to obviously mitigate and offset as much of that pressure as we can, uh, but there will be, there are and will be real cost increases that the business faces, and they run the gamut from product input costs to wage pressure uh, to transportation pressure to supply pressure. Uh, on the product input portion, as you know, we work very hard uh, on our ticketing strategy and our promotional strategies historically to, uh, to try to offset cost increases and we'll certainly try to do that again uh, this quarter and, and the rest of this year. I think it's important to understand, though, that the base from which we're coming is one where there was so much less promotional activity in the history last year already that uh, curtailing even more promotional activity will be that much more challenging. So long-winded way to say that our margin forecasts do assume that quite a bit of that inflationary pressure will actually come through to the bottom line. Thanks, Andrew. Wendy? Yeah, the $600 million, so, so uh, as Victoria's Secrets dis, dis, has disclosed, they issued a billion dollars of debt. Uh, 600 of it was actually issued and, and completed prior to the spin and prior to quarter end. So it's essentially, if you look at our reported consolidated balance sheet, it's essentially a gross up. So we had the cash from the proceeds of the issuance sitting in escrow on a restricted basis, and then the offset is down in long-term debt. Uh, both, you know, both at those, the, the off, both items went to Victoria's Secret as part of the spin, but since we had the cash in the bank, so to speak, at the quarter end, uh, it's sitting on the consolidated balance sheet. Great. Thanks. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have this morning, but We'd like to thank you for your continuing interest in Bath and Body Works. Thank you, and that concludes today's conference. You may disconnect at this time.